Hey everybody, uh, I'm Nick McRae, one of your associate pastors here, and it is a true honor for me to, to bring a message from the Word of God today. Uh, before we get into the message, uh, if you haven't checked in, I'd, I would love it if you would, if you would check in either on the TMUMC app uh, or online if you're joining us at TMUMC.org. Well, friends, uh, over the past few weeks, we've been, we've been talking about, about mental health and wellness. We're transitioning out of that church-wide focus now, and, and, and next week, we're going to be moving to a new worship series, which is called Worth It. And that's going to be a kind of a walk through the, the, the letter to the Philippians, Paul's letter to the Philippians. Um, and it's all about how the Christian life, all the, with all of its, its trials and challenges, the Christian life is worth it because Jesus Christ is worthy of it. And uh, we hope that you'll join us for that. And, you know, as we've been preparing uh, for that series, I've been thinking a lot about about Paul. You know, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he was a bold champion for the way of Jesus. And, and his message about Jesus, what we call the, the gospel, which is just a word that means the good news, right? His message about Jesus ruffled a lot of feathers. You know, in fact, it even got him thrown in jail uh, at least twice we know of in the scriptures. And then depending on who you ask, uh, it could, maybe three, maybe even as many as four times, uh, Paul found himself in prison. Uh, for perhaps even extended periods of time because of the message of, of the gospel. And so I find myself asking, what exactly was that gospel? What was that good news that Paul was, was, was spreading throughout the land that, 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 that got him in such hot water uh, with the people in charge? And, um, you know, that's, you'd think that that would be an easy question to answer for someone, uh, for someone who, is, who is a preacher. Right? And I, but I got to tell you, um, so I'm a member of a group called the, called the Genesis Cohort, and that's just a, a group of, of young-ish, mostly young-ish pastors in the, the North Texas Conference that are kind of trying to discover new ways to do church or uh, new ways to spread the gospel. And uh, early on, uh, one of our meetings, our, our leader, Matt, he asked us a very simple question. He said, hey, hey guys, what is the gospel? And it was silence a room full of preachers, and it was silent. That doesn't happen very often. Because he simply asked us, what is the gospel? And it's not that we, 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 don't, we didn't know, any, what, well, it's not that we didn't know anything, right? It's not that we don't know our Bibles. You know, most of us had been to theological school, and we had years of studying the Bible and studying theology and studying ministry. Uh, but still, just the simplicity of the question, what is the gospel? It caught us off guard. I mean, how do you, how do you, encapsulate something like that? How do you wrap it up in, a, in, in a, a, a phrase or a sentence or something that you can just respond to a simple question like that? What is the gospel? I mean, there's just so much there. Jesus is, is so many things to us. Jesus has done so many things for us. You know, Jesus is, uh, means so very many things. It's, it's hard to figure out how to get your arms around it, to say, okay, if we had to just boil it down to it, to just maybe one phrase or one sentence, what is the gospel? It's, it's hard to, to, to imagine how to do that. And so there we were, sitting silently, not knowing how to answer this question. You know, I think this is a really important question too. I mean, uh, not just for, for, for ministers, uh, although I, every Christian is a minister, so, but not, not just for people like me who stand up here and, and preach into cameras or preach to, uh, in front of churches, but all Christians, I think, it's, need to know the answer to that. What is 
the gospel. And so I've been, I've been spending time reading through the New Testament, reading through the book of Acts, reading through the letters of Paul to figure out how do, how do we express something like that, the good news about Jesus. And uh, the best one that I found so far uh, comes from the second letter to Timothy, Paul's second letter to Timothy. Second uh, Timothy is a really interesting letter, I think. It's, it's probably the last letter that Paul wrote, or it's at least the last letter that Paul, uh, that we ha still have, that's collected, that's in the Bible that Paul wrote. Um, in fact, he probably didn't write it himself. It was probably, he probably dictated it to one of his, uh, one of his companions. In this case, I think it was probably uh, Luke, the, the evangelist who wrote the book of Luke and who wrote the, the book of Acts. Um, but this is probably the last letter he wrote. He was in prison at the time, he wrote a lot of letters from prison. Philippians, for instance, which we'll be talking about uh, for over the next month, uh, was written from prison. But this is a different, a different time. He's, he wrote this letter from prison, and um, he knew the end was near. He knew that this time things weren't going to turn out like they had. In the past, when he'd been in prison, either something miraculous had happened or he had kind of gone through the judicial process and he had been, he had been released. But this time he knew that that wasn't going to happen. He knew that his, his death was coming soon. And so he wrote this letter to Timothy. Timothy, his young companion, who had become the leader of the church at Ephesus. And what he wanted to tell him is, uh, first of all, how much he loved him and cared for him. How much he prayed for him. Because he knew what the tough job Timothy had as the leader of that church in Ephesus. Um, he also, he wanted Timothy to come and see him before it was too late. But, but the core of message of 2 Timothy is encouragement to, to stand strong. That when suffering comes, and he knew that it would from his own life, that when suffering comes to stand strong, to stand for the truth. And so he's encouraging Timothy. And, and in a very important part of this letter, we read this. This is in chapter two, uh, beginning in verse eight. He says to Timothy, remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. Right, so this is my gospel, he says. And, and what was that that was his gospel? Simply this, remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. And it's a really simple uh, phrase, but there's so much in there. So I think there's actually three, um, three really important lessons for us to learn from that one sentence. And for the first, the for the first one, we're just going to uh, focus on this. Remember Jesus Christ. Now, I don't think that Paul thought that Timothy was just going to forget all about Jesus, like he'd never heard of him or something. But he wanted him to remember something very important about Jesus. And that is Jesus is the Christ. You know, the way we use the phrase Jesus Christ, it sometimes sounds like, uh, like we think that that's Jesus's last name. But of course, we know that that's not the case. Christ is a title. You know, it's, it's, uh, it comes from a, a Greek word, which is a, a Greek translation of a Hebrew word, Messiah, which is a word that just means the anointed one, the anointed one. You know, um, uh, anointing was a, a, a sacred ritual that went back uh, to the very earliest, part, uh, very earliest days of, of the, the, the religion of the people of Israel. And uh, it, was a, it was a ritual that would take place that's where someone would sort of mark 
uh, moving into a new status, a, a higher status, a status of, of a special role, usually. For instance, the, the priests would be, would be anointed. Oil would be poured over their heads when they were, when they were made priests. Or uh, kings, we see over and over again in, in uh, the books of Samuel and the books of the kings, that when someone would ascend to the throne and will become a king, that they would be anointed with oil. And so it's, a, it's, a, it's an act of designation. So the anointed one, right, Jesus Christ, Jesus the anointed, means that Jesus is fulfilling a very special and important role. And to see what that role is, I, I think we only have to look as far as, as uh, the book of the prophet Isaiah. In the book of the prophet Isaiah, in the 61st chapter, we read this. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So the prophet Isaiah is saying, the Lord has anointed me to, to give the message that, that all the prisoners are gonna be released. All the captives are going to be released. Can you imagine why that would be good news to someone like Paul, who's been in prison over and over again? And here he is facing his last days once again in a prison cell. To hear that Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one who will set the people free. And in fact, Jesus said himself uh, in Luke's gospel in the fourth chapter, we read that he, uh, he entered the this, this synagogue and he was, he was handed a scroll and it was a scroll of the prophet Isaiah and it was this very same packet passage. And Jesus opened up the scroll and he read this, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Once again, Jesus is claiming this role of the anointed one. And when Jesus finishes that reading, he rolls up the scroll and he sits down and he says, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And Paul knew that. Paul knew that, that Jesus was the fulfillment of that anointed one that, that Isaiah had, had, had spoken of so long ago. And it was such good news to him who was in prison. And friends, do we think this is good news for us as well? I think it is. I think it is. Most of us are probably not in a, a, a literal prison right now, but how many of us are feel imprisoned or are imprisoned by, by uh, our, our sins or by our, our, our habits, by our, 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 our sense of, of selfishness, right? We feel uh, imprisoned, enslaved to so many things uh, in our world it, it, such that it's, it's good news. It's the best news when we hear Jesus is the anointed one. Jesus is the one who's been designated to set us free. So remember Jesus Christ. Next, remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Jesus Christ raised from the dead. You know, Jesus, um, Jesus was, Paul could see that Jesus was uh, the one whom the people of Israel called the suffering servant. We read the book of the prophet Isaiah, the 52nd and the 53rd chapter, that there was this, this mysterious figure of the suffering servant, the one who would, who would suffer, and yet in some mysterious way, the, his suffering would bear the sins of the whole nation and of all people. And that through that suffering and through his death even, uh, somehow the, the sins 
and the transgressions and, and all the things that, 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 that weighed us down would be destroyed. But that, that wouldn't be the end of it. And we read in, in Isaiah chapter 53, uh, looking, for instance, at, at verse 11, where it says this, after he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. Right, when he suffered, after he has suffered, after he has died, he will see the light of life. He will be raised from the dead. And you can imagine this must be wonderful news to Paul. Because not only is he in prison facing his last days, he knows that at the end of that time in prison will be his death. It will be the end of his life on earth. And yet he knows that in Jesus, there's one who, uh, whom death couldn't hold. There's one who, whose death, uh, in fact, uh, saved him. And who, and who rose to life and defeated death. And, and that Jesus gives us that same gift, gave Paul that same gift, and he, he could live in that confidence. And friends, do we think that this is good news for us as well? I think it absolutely is. Right? All of us, uh, hopefully none of us will die in a prison cell. Hopefully none of us will die soon. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, there's no way around it. We're all going to die one day. It, it, we don't know when that is. And I pray to God that it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's far from now. But friends, we will all die one day. But friends, we don't have to be afraid to die because we know that waiting for us, waiting for us on the other side of death is not, not the end. It's not the end. It's the beginning of something, something new. Life with Jesus in a new way, resurrected life, life uh, coming out of death, life joined together with him. And so that is Wonderful, wonderful news. Jesus Christ, remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David. Paul wants us to remember this because all the hopes of his people, the hopes of the people of Israel were pinned on a promise that God made to King David centuries and centuries before. We look at the book of 2 Samuel in the seventh chapter and we see that God makes a promise to King David. And he says this, he says, when your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he shall be my son. And then down in verse 16, we read, your house and your kingdom shall endure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. This was the promise that, that all of the Jewish people had pinned their hopes on because over and over and over again, their kingdom had been, had been invaded, had been destroyed first by the, by the Assyrians, by the Babylonians, uh, it was ruled by the Persians. Right, the Greeks, the Romans, over and over again, there, there, was, there was invasion. And, and over and over again, there was, there was no king uh, from the line of David to rule over the people. But they knew that when God had made a promise, that God will fulfill that promise. And that one day there would come a king from the line of David who would be the true king and who would rule not, just, not even just the land of Israel, but whose, whose reign would go from, from sea to sea and would last forever. Paul could see that Jesus was the fulfillment of that. Jesus was the one who fulfilled 
this kingly role. And you can imagine why this might be good news to Paul. Here's someone not only who is in prison, not only who's about to die, but, but all his, his ministry and, and everything that's happened to him has been at the hands of the, the Roman Empire, of a, of a worldly power who, who claimed dominion over all the world and over his own life. So you can imagine that, that, that what good news it is to hear that, you know what, this, the Romans, they, they may look tough now, but they're not really the king. They're not really uh, the ones uh, wh whose power will, will, will last, even though they may say it will. That in fact, there is one king who is reigning now and one king who will, in the end, uh, all other powers will cease and all other, all other kingdoms and dominions will cease. And, and in the end, everyone, uh, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Paul writes that in, in the, the book of Philippians, which we'll be studying next month, right? So you can see why that would be good news, but is this good news for us? Is it good news for us that, 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 that Christ is, the, is this king? I say absolutely, because maybe we don't live under the Roman empire, maybe we're not on death row, but, but friends, you know that there's, there's powers in this world that we feel uh, constrained by, that we feel pushed down by. Maybe it's not, uh, you know, in this country, maybe, we've, maybe we're, 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 we're lucky. Uh, there are a lot of governments around the world that, that, that maybe people could identify a little closer with, with Paul here. Um, but even here, there are powers, uh, forces of our world that kind of tie us down and, and, and bind us up. But friends, uh, we, can, we can know in Christ that that's temporary, that those powers won't have the last word, that, that Christ will be the one in the end who will be victorious and who will reign forever. And that is very good news for us. Friends, so after Paul commends this gospel to us, right? Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. And then he goes on to say this, but God's word is not chained. Paul may be in chains, Paul may be bound up, but, but the word of God, this message of the gospel, this message that, that, that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is risen from the dead, that Jesus is the king, that message can't be chained. And it's going everywhere, my friends. And it has the fact that I have this book in my hands and we can read these words from Paul, executed as a criminal so long ago, prove that the, the word of God could not be contained. And then Paul says this, lastly, therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Right? He says, I'm going through this, not, not for any glory of my own, right? But, but for you, my friends, for all of you out there and for me and for, and for every person. He's undergoing this so that we, those whom God has chosen, those whom God's love has chosen, those whom Christ has, has given his life for, so that we too may obtain that salvation that is in Christ Jesus. The gospel is a gift to us. Friends, let's, let's embrace that. Let's embrace this good news about Jesus. Let's, let's, let's just throw all of our, our, our weight behind it. Let's throw all of our, our, our cares upon it. Let's put all of our trust in it. Let's put all our eggs in that basket, my friends. Because in that, we can be assured, as Paul was, that, that no matter what, 
no matter what. We have a place with him and you have a place with him, friends. So let's live in that knowledge and let's live in that joyful reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, friends, we're just so grateful for all of your generosity. Uh, All of the ministries of this church are made possible uh, because because of the gifts that you give. Uh, All the people that that we help, everyone, uh, all the the ways that we're able to, to preach the gospel to the world are made possible by your gifts. And we thank you for that. If you'd like to make a gift today or at any time, you can, uh, you can text uh, the letters T-M-U-M-C to the number 45777. Or you can go online to tmumc.org give to give at any time. Thank you.